and thanks for joining us uh, for the Prep and Polish radio show. I'm your host, Alexis Avila, licensed guidance counselor, private tutor, and founder of Prep and Polish LLC, tutoring and test prep in beautiful South Natick, Massachusetts. The Prep and Polish radio show is your educational insider. Our show is brought to you by Prep and Polish LLC, where I'm the principal educator. To learn more about our firm, please visit prepandpolish.com. And thank you to everyone who's listening to the program. We appreciate you taking interest in the information we bring to families and educators around the globe. For future shows, updates, and ongoing relevant education news, please join our Facebook community by searching for Prep and Polish and clicking like. And you can follow us on Twitter at Prepped Polished. Joining our show today is Brian Lomax. Brian is founder of Performance Extra, a Boston-based firm where he coaches individuals and groups to realize their performance potential by focusing on the mental game and providing a framework for success. Brian is a certified mental toughness trainer by the Human Performance Institute. He has a Bachelor of Arts from Vanderbilt University. Prior to this role, Brian worked in corporate America as a consultant for various companies such as Fidelity and Putnam Putnam Investments and spent 35 years playing tennis, having been nationally ranked as recently as 2006, where he was ranked second in the U.S. for men's 35 singles. We're delighted to have Brian on our show. He's going to share with us his wisdom and tips for gaining the competitive mental edge not only in sports, but also academics and, and in life. Before, I, before we start, I want to make sure our listeners have our contact info. Our email address is radio at preppedandpolished.com. If you'd like to submit a question at any time, you can use that email address. Often our listeners will have questions as they're listening or afterwards. We always appreciate hearing from our listeners. So if you can email us at any time, feel free, radio at preppedandpolished.com. Brian, are you there on the line? Yes, Alexis. Good morning. Good morning to you. Thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, and it's my pleasure to be here, so looking forward to this. Great, great. So just a little warm-up. Um, number two ranking in the entire U.S. for men's age 35 division in 2006. Pretty impressive. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, what, and I have your, to say, yeah. actually, that you know, the the mental toughness piece is what we what took me there. Um, you know, I had not had results of that kind uh, prior to uh, my turning 35, and so uh, that result, wow. in, in some ways, Alexis, was a catalyst for starting Performance Extra. Amazing. Um, can you start out by telling us a little bit about Performance Extra and, and how you came up with your company? Sure. Um, I really, I guess the, the the mission of it, and you, you kind of went through it there in terms of what I'm trying to educate people on in terms of the mental game. When I examine how we teach sports or any really performance context, we often don't talk about what people are thinking and feeling and, and what they should be doing to enhance their performance. Very often a concept like mental toughness is sort of left to the individual to either develop themselves or, or we believe that either you have it or you don't. Um, and, and recent science has shown that that's not true, that 
mental toughness and, and competitive skills and performance skills are trainable, and they are things that are within our control. So Performance Extra is really an educational-based program to help train people on various concepts that can make them mentally tougher, make them better competitors, make them better performers. Um, and in that way, it's different than sports psychology, only because sports psychology tends to look at issues or problems and deals with them. This is really more of a program about let's use, let's train this as any skill, uh, whether it's uh, you know an athletic skill or other physical skill. Let's do the same on the mental side and bring you through a comprehensive program that that trains you to be mentally tougher, um, as well as build character and and become almost that you know relentless ultimate competitor. And I, and I think that that has really resonated with a lot of students uh, th that have been looking for that extra edge in their performance. Well, that's fantastic. Um, now, you know, I was looking at your bio a bit, and, and I noticed that you left uh, a career in corporate America to take on uh, this endeavor with Performance Extra. Um, what drew you to, 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 to start your own business helping others develop mental strength? Well, uh, and, I guess number one is uh, security of, of the corporate America. You know. That's right, yeah. And, and some people would say there was kind of a courageous jump, and, and, and perhaps perhaps it was. But um, I think, you know, number one, a love of sports. Um, you know, who wouldn't, you know, someone in my position who, who wouldn't want to be at sports in, as a career in, in, in your life all the time? Because even when I was working in corporate America, as you can tell from my my playing background, tennis was always there. It was always sort of my my outlet for, for staying sane. Um, but I think it was also, Alexis, a realization of what am I really doing with my life? Um, and I felt like, you know, starting something like Performance Extra was much more meaningful to me than working at large financial services companies. Um, while, you know, th those companies certainly have their goals and their missions, I felt like my own mission was to help people perform better because I had proved that I could do it myself. Um, and I wish that I had had a program like this when I was younger, not only just from the, the athletic aspect of it, but just from the character building perspective. Um, and so, you know, my sort of ultimate mission in life now is to help younger people, um, not only with their mental toughness, but also to start to work on designing their own life and using sports as a vehicle to do that and to help them build character so they have a framework for making, you know, some of the bigger decisions they're going to have to make in life. That makes so much sense and uh, applicable to, you know, kids and, and, and adults. Uh, Brian, from your experience, uh, do you find that some people struggle more, more than others with the mental aspect of their proverbial game? Oh, I would say for sure. Um, and there are a lot of you know, different reasons for that. You know, I think if we start to talk more about younger athletes, there's such a fixation with winning, right? The the bottom line result that that causes a lot of emotional distress, a lot of anxiety. Um, and, and one of the first things that I try to get athletes to shift to is, is away from a primary focus on on that result because it only causes things like anxiety and, and emotional reactions and really think about, you know, the process of how you play or how you perform, really uh, what I call process-oriented thinking. 
Um, and, and once we can get someone to begin to understand that focusing on the process will lead to good results, um, then they can start to be a little bit more mature in terms of their reaction, uh, and they can start to regulate um, you know, their own body language, they can start to regulate how they talk to themselves, which is going to get them more relaxed, right? Get them away from being anxious and being emotional about, about winning and losing and really look at it more as a, a process of learning and getting better and always striving to perform your best because playing your best and winning don't always equal each other. And, and the same on the other side, playing your worst and losing don't necessarily equal each other either. Um, right, right. So that's that's a key mindset shift for a, for a lot of people, and it's uh, I, I think that's one of the basic things that younger people have a hard time with is our focus on on winning. Do you find that that like the the real the the pros like the number ones and twos like say in a tennis game, those are the ones that just kind of have adopted really good strategies for you know keeping that mental toughness intact. You know, like good self talk to say for say. Yeah, and I, and I think it, it's the self-talk, and it's also the body language, really. If you want to see okay. how mentally tough a tennis player is, don't watch the points. Watch what they do in between points, right? And there's a, there wow. is really a lot of very set behavior there. Um, and in fact, that's a, with tennis players, there's a very specific routine that I teach them uh, about how to behave in between points. You know, if you see someone at any level of tennis. Uh, they have poor body language or they're, they're throwing their racket or, or saying things out loud, expressing frustration. That's not really a sign of mental toughness. In fact, it's probably a sign of weakness and you're telling your opponent that I can't handle adversity. I can't handle a tough situation. Uh, so when you watch the top players, I really ask players to watch in between the points. That's what you really need to emulate uh, to start playing better tennis because they they're always have positive, strong, confident body language. And although we can't hear what's going on in their head, um, the same sort of thing is going on there where they're also encouraging, supportive, and positive. That, that's amazing. Right. I mean, all these light bulbs went off in my head because when I, you know, when I deal with students, you know, with tutoring, I'm thinking, well, maybe I should help them watch what they say in between questions. Yeah, absolutely, and, and, and help them reframe, perhaps, uh, how they look at things, right? I mean, certainly, yeah. you know, a character skill like uh, optimism and, and positivity is very important for any sort of performance, certainly uh, academic and, and in testing. I mean, it's the same pressure that you're facing when you're taking a, a major exam that could, you know, determine some of your future outcome, uh, as well as, you know, playing in the final of a major tennis event same sort of performance anxieties are happening. So certainly, you know, how you carry yourself and how you talk to yourself are, are very important. Absolutely. Can you tell us a little bit about the positive psychology in, in humans, uh, human performances courses you've completed and how, how you've incorporated your positive psychology training into your practice? Sure. I mean, uh, first of all, I'll, I guess I'll define what positive psychology is because it's often confused with sort of straight-out positive thinking, which it's not. Positive psychology essentially has looked at the psychology industry and has noticed that the majority of money spent in psychology today is on fixing, you know, uh, depression, syndromes, psychological illness with the goal of getting that person back to neutral. Positive psychology says, well, 
we don't just want to have people at neutral. We want to have people be happier, be psychologically stronger, so that they don't become susceptible to mental illness. Now, on the physical side of things, we do this, right? We have gyms, uh, you know, health clubs. That's working the positive side of our physical health. But we don't necessarily do spend a lot of money on that on the mental side. So positive psychology's goal is to how can you help people lead happier and more fulfilling lives so that you're not doing so much on the, the mental illness side. Um, and so there are some major tenets of positive psychology that certainly apply to performance. And, and one of them we just sort of mentioned is, is positivity and optimism. Is looking at anything, any one event that happens to you and seeing what the benefit of that would be rather than sort of by default a lot of people look at the negative of it. Um, and this is not to say that I, we're trying to turn people into Pollyannas who see the, you know, or just positive <laughs> about everything, right? Regardless, there's no right. realism there. Um, but if you can't learn from things like mistakes, um, then your, your ceiling for potential is much lower than, than the person who can take a mistake, understand why it happened, make an adjustment, and then improve. And, you know, sort of the, the very famous positive psychology example is, you know, Thomas Edison inventing the light bulb. You know, he didn't just roll out of bed one day, draw it up, and turn it on. Uh, there were probably, you know, upwards of a thousand attempts at creating it, but with each attempt, one could say it's a failure, but he learned something from it, or his team learned something from it, and they were able to apply those learnings to the next attempt, and then the next attempt. So finally, we had success, right? And, and, and we view Thomas Edison and, and his team as successful people. We don't view them as failures, even though if you were to look at uh, sort of like a win-loss graph, they had many more failures than they had successes. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Um, for mistakes. Makes so much sense. Um, what, are, what are some tips you might have for a student who's, who's really anxious taking tests? Yeah, any any kind of couple techniques that come to your mind that you can employ to help gain that confidence when you go into a high-pressure situation such as an SAT that determines your fate? Is that what college yep. you get into? I think it goes back to uh, a little bit of what we were discussing earlier, Alexis, with, you know, where is that person's focus? Is it on the result? Is there is there a tremendous amount of pressure to achieve a particular score? And then... Uh, and, and most likely there is, right? I, I, I certainly remember that from my yeah. from my youth, right? Um, and then it's okay. Let's let's break that goal down. We want a certain score. How do we get there, right? And, and, and break it down into a particular process. You know, is it is it you know getting tutoring, taking classes? It's do I need to improve you know certain aspects of my math and verbal? Really almost breaking it down into components and subcomponents so that you can improve in all of those lower level areas, right? So that you get really good on the stuff that you can control. You can't really control, you know, winning and losing or getting the score directly. You have to go through a certain process to get there. And it's at that lower level that you can exercise control. Um, and, you know, like anything, you're going to train and you're going to practice. That's where you build confidence. So, you know, with each practice test that you take, you know, examine it in a, in a very honest way about, you know, how did I do? Um, and then, you know, where you did well, give yourself credit for that. It's almost like having a little confidence bank account. And you want to make some deposits into that bank account so that by the time you get to the actual test, 
you can start withdrawing money from that confidence bank account and apply it, right? Because you've done all the preparation, you've, you've understood the test, you know, in terms of how it's constructed and you've broken it down into how I can control my results on this. So you've practiced at that level and then you can just execute at that point. So I think it's very similar in terms of how athletes train for, for big events. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. So when you trained to, to get your number two standing for the U.S. men's, it, it wasn't just the in the moment what your, your self-talk in between points, but you, I'm sure you've done, did you do a lot of preparation, uh, you know, in, in practice to, to get you to that level? Absolutely. And, and it's, you know, in, in some regards, it, it's a buildup of, of a couple of years of preparation, you know, mapping out what your goal is, understanding, you know, how you want to perhaps maximize some of your strengths and, and also shore up some of your, your weaknesses and, and, and then building upon that. And, and, and that can take months. You know, for me, there were certain things I wanted to do around, you know, how I move around the court, my footwork, you know, my balance could, could be better. And, and I improved that. Uh, even things like equipment, you know, I, I upgraded rackets, I upgraded string. You know, you really have to think about everything that's within your control and, and what could I do to improve that particular area. And, and I think the more people begin to think about, you know, the process of any performance and, and, and what they actually control and then breaking it down and then trying to, to make little improvements over time, uh, it's really going to benefit. So it's not just, yeah, I, I, I'm controlling what I'm saying to myself out on the court. Even that takes right. training, right? It's it's putting the entire package together so that when I arrive at a big event and I say, all right, Brian, have you prepared as well as you could have for this event? I want to say yes. And, and and that's what gives me confidence that I've I've done everything I've needed to do. I've mapped out my strategy, how to, how to kind of show up at this particular event and, and do my best. That's great. Brian, do you find that working on with your clients and helping them develop, develop mental strength, whether it's on the tennis court or helping a student with, you know, a test, overcoming anxiety, does it help them improve their confidence in life in general? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, confidence is not necessarily ubiquitous across all spheres of life, right? I mean, uh, I, I can speak for myself as, as a tennis player, you know, when I was younger. I was certainly confident on the tennis court, but I, I was... Uh, bit of a disaster uh, socially. So, um, but it certainly can. You know, if, if you apply the same principles of building confidence to other areas of your life, yes, you can. But just being confident in one area of life doesn't necessarily directly translate to others. But if you apply that process that we were just talking about, say, hey, all right, you know, I want to get better socially. So how do I figure that out? You know, what, what are the things I need to do to do that? Um, it, it's a matter of applying the process as opposed to just direct translation, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense because, you know, when I was putting together these questions, I was thinking, man, I, I bet that there's just, you know, you know, when, when you help a client on a tennis game, I, I'm sure they just go out into life feeling a lot more prepared and, and go into this, you know, with this framework that they have. And they can, it's just applicable outside of the tennis court, you know, it's just, um, it can be a very powerful thing what you're teaching people here. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we're just using sports as a vehicle for that. But we certainly touch on that, hey, this is, this, this is setting a framework for you to make a lot of decisions in the rest of your life. Absolutely. Well, thanks, Brian. Um, that was very helpful. Really appreciate your time. And uh, 
This wraps up our show today with Brian Lomax of Performance Extra. Now, please visit performanceextra.com to learn more about Brian's company. And if you want to work on and improve your mental strength, whether it's at school, on the tennis court, I highly recommend Brian. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Alexis. Thanks. My pleasure. And thank you for joining us on the Prep and Polish Radio Show.